I want you to take your Bibles and go to the book of Psalms this morning. I, I want to read you one verse. I'm going to preach very different this morning than I normally do. And um, just something that uh, I, I've been studying on, something I've been looking at. And um, I, I, I want to walk through it. it. It really isn't that much different to the way I deal with some on Wednesday nights. But usually Sunday morning and Sunday night, I, I, I usually preach expository just verse by verse and stay right in the text where I read at. And uh, I, I just I got something different on my heart this morning. And I want to look at it and see what the Lord will give us today. Amen. I really feel preaching is what He wants this morning. And um, you pray for us as we preach Psalms, uh, Division number 9. Let's stand in honor and reverence to the reading of God's Word. Psalms 9 this morning. And uh, I, I want to read one verse to you. And then I'm going to pray and you can be seated. But I don't want you to close your Bible. I want you to keep it open this morning. We're going to use it very extensively as we go through the message today. And I'm really just going to use this verse as a launch pad and uh, to pull a topic out of. And um, uh, you that's uh, been going to Bible college will understand this and preach more topical than expository today and um, see what the Lord will give us. Psalms 9, look with me in verse number 17. Psalms 9, verse number 17. I've used this verse, I've preached out of it numerous times, but I, I want to use it again today. The Bible said this, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. Now, Father, I love you this morning. I thank you, God, for your blessings on my life. I thank you, God, for being good to me. God, thank you, Lord, for loving me. God, I'm undeserving of anything that you've done for me. God, I don't deserve nothing this morning, God. As Dad said yesterday... Lord, we just deserve to be in a place called hell. But God, thank you for saving us. Thank you, Lord, for loving us and being good to us. I pray, God, that this morning, God, that you'd help us today. God, there's not a doubt in my mind there's somebody sitting here today lost and on the road to hell. God, I pray, Lord, that conviction power fall on them today. Lord, me and some of the other preachers was talking not long ago, and Lord, I really believe that there's a lot of people that comes in and out of our churches, and if the truth was to be known, they have no personal relationship with God. They've never been saved. God, I pray, Lord, that today would be the day of salvation for them, God. I pray, Lord, that you wouldn't let them die and go to a devil's hell. Lord, it's real today, and we know it from thy word, and I pray that he, the Holy Spirit, God, would convict hearts. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd draw them to an altar today. Lord, the best thing I can do is get it to their ear this morning, and God, please take your word and put it in their heart today. May those that's living in pride swallow their pride and make their way to an old-time altar, God, and know you as their personal Savior. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. And you can be seated this morning. I, I want to look at the subject of hell just a little while today. Yeah, um, I've preached on it I don't know how many times down through the years here at Amazing Grace. And if you'll study the preaching of Christ and uh, the teachings of Jesus, you'll find out that He taught and preached on hell pretty much more than He did any other subject in our Bible. And uh, hell is a literal place today. Um, we don't hear much much preaching on it today, uh, uh, and and that's a shame on us as preachers today. Uh, they should be more preaching on the subject of hell, and they should be more.
more preaching on the second coming of the Lord uh, in these days than probably anything else. Uh, the reason I say that because that is the next thing uh, on God's calendar is the Lord coming back to take us home with Him. Uh, but I want to look at this subject of hell. And here's what I want to talk to you about just for a little while today. If I had a title, I, I, I wrote a couple different ones down. Uh, uh, maybe I would say this, an imaginary journey uh, through a place called hell. An imaginary journey through a place called hell. Or an introduction to some of the people you'll meet when you get to hell. Uh, I say this to you today, hell is a real place uh, according to the Bible. That's all we have to go on, but that is enough. Somebody say amen. If the word of God records it today, then it is factual today. Um, you say, well, preacher, I'm just not sure about it. I don't mean this ugly. I don't mean it disrespectfully. I don't mean it arrogantly, but it does not matter what you think about it today. What matters is what the Word of God says about it today. And the Word of God says the wicked shall be turned into hell. And there is a hell today. Just as much as there is a heaven, there is a hell. Just as much as there is a God, there is Satan. Just as much as there's angelic beings, there is demons in hell. Just as much as there's streets of gold, there is a bottomless pit today. Hell today. I want you to take your Bible. I want you to go with me this morning. We're going to turn several different places. Go with me to the book of Genesis chapter number 4. Genesis chapter number 4 today. I'll probably slow down quite a bit this morning from the way I normally preach, but that'll be alright. I just want to be obedient to the Lord. Uh, an introduction to some of the people you're going to meet when you get to hell. The first person I want to introduce to us today is in Genesis chapter number 4. I pick up reading in verse number 8. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Well, that was a lie. He's just killed him in the field. He said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. The first person I want to introduce us to today that you'll meet when you get to hell is a man by the name of Cain. Whenever you begin to look at Cain's life, and I'm not going to take a lot of time to go into uh, uh, to all of this, but whenever you look at Cain's life, Cain is there because he rejected, listen to this, God's way and God's plan of salvation. You remember what happened? happened in the beginning. God created Adam and Eve. Uh, and then after Adam and Eve was created, uh, they sinned against God. After they sinned against God, uh, uh, they began making their own clothing. Uh, they made coats of leaves and covered themselves in that. And God was not satisfied with that. And here's what God said. God said, I'm going to make you a coat uh, uh, out of the skin of an animal. So in other words, for there to be a coat made to cover the um, uh, uh, 
because of their sin, blood had to be shed. Uh, the Bible said this, without the shedding of what? Blood. Uh, there is uh, no remission of sin. So Cain here, look back in verse number 3. And in the process, and in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. But look at this. And Abel... Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock, of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and unto his offering. Why did God have respect unto Abel and unto his offering? This is the reason why God said blood had to be shed uh, for me to accept your offering. In other words, for man's sin to be covered, uh, blood had to be shed. But Cain in his pride uh, and in his arrogant said no I'll bring the fruit of the ground that I have grown hear me and hear me well your works will never get you to heaven you say I'm a good person there's none good no not one Amen. That's the word of God. You say, well, I do good. There's none good. No, not one. We cannot measure up uh, to God's line. Uh, oh, we're not good enough. Uh, there's nothing good within us. That's the reason blood must be shed. Uh, an atonement must be made for sin. Amen. Cain will be there. Why? Because he chose his own way instead of God's way. Our own way will never get us there. I've said this a million times. Let me make it a million and one. Matter of fact, me and Brother Jonathan was in Dublin, Virginia on Friday. I preached in, in an FCA in Dublin Middle School, and I said this there. I am not going to heaven because I stand before you preaching today. I am not going to heaven because I carry a King James Bible in my hand. I am not going to heaven because I pastor this church. I'm not going to heaven because I was at the hospice house early this morning. I'm going to heaven because I've been to Calvary. Cain is in hell today because he chose his own works over God. Can you hear Cain screaming out in hell now? I know not am I my brother's keeper. Number two this morning, let's see who else we'll find. Go with me to chapter 6 of Genesis. I'm going to look at several this morning, so I'm going to move quickly. Chapter 6 of the book of Genesis. Quickly to bring you into where we're at. The thought of man is evil continuously now on the earth. They have rejected everything that God's done. God's upset and God says, I'm going to destroy all of mankind off the earth. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The second person or a group of people that you will meet when you get to hell is the people of Noah's day. I don't have nothing alliterated this morning. I just got a simple thought and some Bible and I believe it'll work. Amen. You'll meet Cain, but you'll meet the people of Noah's day when you get to hell. Listen to what the Bible said in verse number 5 of Genesis 6. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that He had made man on the earth, and it grieved Him at His heart. And the Lord said, 
I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. You say, well, who else will I meet? I believe that you'll meet the people of Noah's day. Could you imagine the way that they mocked Noah in that day? I thought about this. The Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. As it was in the days of Noah, so the days of Noah was a wicked and perverse generation. You say, well, how do you know that? Because God hadn't come back yet. And this is a wicked and perverse generation. You holler amen or old me. It's a wicked and perverse generation. Man done right in their own eyes. That's what's happening today. They say it as long as they don't feel guilty about it, it's all right. I'm telling you, it's a wicked and perverse generation we're living in. And I say this to you, this generation today, if you stand for what's right, if you stand for what's right, you will be made fun of, you will be labeled, get the label maker out, make sure you use permanent ink, because I'm not changing. You will be labeled, Right, still right. Wrong, still wrong. The Bible's right and the world's wrong. Those that believe the book and trust Jesus are going to heaven. The rest is going to hell. That's the Word of God. We are labeled today. We are labeled. Uh, We hate today. I don't hate nobody. You hearing me? I've not seen the first Christian. I've not seen the first saved person walk up to Brother Brown preaching on the streets of Salem and the gay pride parade and attack him. But I have saw a bunch from the other side do it. I say all that to say this. That's the way it was evidently in the days of Noah. So it wasn't just that the people said, Oh, Noah's lost his mind. I'm telling you something. It was way beyond that. I personally believe that there's a chance that Noah was assaulted for preaching righteousness. He was a preacher of righteousness. And what did they do? Over and over for 120 years. They made fun of the man of God. They scoffed at the man of God. They poked fun at the man of God. Oh, but a day come that the rain began to fall. And probably the first day or two, they didn't think nothing about it. But when it got up to their ankles, and it got up to their knees, and it got up to their waist, they probably started thinking, man, old Noah knew what he was talking about. He was right. And they went to beating on the door, and they couldn't get in. And that whole generation died and went to hell that day. Tell you who you'll meet. You'll meet Cain. You'll meet Cain, but I tell you somebody else you're gonna meet. You're gonna meet that generation from Noah's day. I believe if you were to listen to them today, you could hear them screaming out in hell. I wish I'd have listened to the preacher. I wish I. You say, hey, you know, it's a preacher because the Bible calls him a preacher of righteousness. I wish I'd have listened to the preacher. 
Oh, I wish I'd. I wonder how many other people's in hell today. That said, God help us today. That sat on these very pews. That screams out in hell today. I wish I'd listen to Brother Easter. Brother Easter told it right. I wish I'd listen to Brother Easter. I wish I'd listen to Brother Jonathan. I wish I'd listen to him. They're screaming out in hell. I wish I'd listen to the preacher. Let's fast forward several hundred years. Go with me, several thousand even, to the book of Matthew. Let's see who else will be there. The book of Matthew, chapter 27. Matthew 27. This morning I told you I'm going to be a little bit different than I've been being. Matthew 27. Matthew chapter number 27. Jesus has now been arrested. Jesus is now brought before Pilate. We'll pick up reading in verse 15. Now at that feast the governor was wont to release unto the people a prisoner, whom they would. And they had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Just time out real quick. Notable means he was guilty as charged. He was guilty as charged. Look with me in verse number 17. Therefore when they gathered together, Pilate said unto them, whom will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? For he knew that for envy they had delivered him. When he was set down at the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man? For I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitude they should ask Barabbas, and destroyed Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. Number three this morning, Here's another individual you're going to meet when you get to hell. Pilate. You're going to meet Pilate. You say, well, preacher, he he said, his blood be not on my hands. I'm innocent of this just person. It's one thing to say something. It's another thing to profess something deep down inside your heart. If he'd have professed him being king of kings and lord of lords, he would have not have crucified him that day. But that day Pilate delivered him to the people and said, here he is, and sought him out to the people that day. You're going to meet Pilate when you get to hell. Maybe if we could listen into hell today, we would hear him scream something like this. I sure wish I would have listened to my wife. I sure wish I would have listened to my wife. Listen to what she said. His wife said unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with this just man? You know what she was saying? You better let him alone. You better let him alone. He's a just man. You know what that means? He's innocent. He's done nothing wrong. And can I just echo that? He has done nothing wrong. The only thing they could find him guilty of was loving you and loving me. Can you hear him scream out today? 
I wish I'd have listened to my wife. Can I take it a step further? I bet there's some men in hell today that their wife was a godly person that loved God and served God and was faithful to the house of God and begged them over and over and over again, please go to church with me. Please go to church with me. Please give your life to Christ. And they never did. And if we could hear them in hell, they're probably screaming out, I sure wish I'd have listened to my wife. I sure wish I'd have listened to my wife. There's another group that you're going to meet when you get to hell. Look what the Bible said. Let's skip on down a few verses into verse number 25. The Bible said, Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. You're going to meet that crowd that had Christ crucified that day. You know, His blood be on us is sad. But what makes it that much worse is this, and on our children. And But Jonathan, I believe they not only condemned themselves, but they condemned them, their children to hell that day. His blood be on us and our children. You're going to make that crowd when you get to hell. And can I just take it a step further this morning and say this? There's many in hell today that's crying out the same thing. His blood be on us and our children because they forsook the house of God. They walked away from the house of God. It's not the house of God that saves you. But if you're saved by the grace of God, you've got a desire in your heart to be at the house of God. And when you leave the house of God and you take your children from the house of God, here's exactly what you're saying let his blood be on me and my children can you hear them screaming out in hell today his blood is on me and my children his blood is on me and my children I'm just going to be boy I'm going to be honest right here there's a lot of parents there's a lot of parents that does not make the house of God a priority for their family. And here is their excuse. I've heard it said, Brother Stan, well, my children are saved. How do you know they're saved? How do you know they're saved? You know what? I made a profession sometime. I was 10 or 11 years old, I guess, because they told me I did. I don't even remember it. I remember Daddy baptized me and I was scared to death of water and I still am today. I was holding on to his necktie screaming, don't put me under the water. And he did anyway. That's a true story. So evidently at some point in time, I made a profession of faith. Because Daddy just didn't dunk people because they want to get dunked. What if, what if my mom and Daddy... <laughs> What if my mom and daddy would have said, well, I'm not worried about it. Oh, John saved. We're just going to run everywhere else instead of going to the house of God. I'm going to tell you what had happened. I'd have died and went to hell. But I had a mom and daddy that kept me in the house of God and around the preaching of God's Word. And at 16 years old, the Holy Ghost of God convicted me of my sins. And I got saved. Amen. 
Your kids may wind up in hell just because you think something they said is going to get them into heaven. Well, I feel like preaching right there. You better keep them in the house of God. You better keep them. Thank God for mama and daddy that kept me in the house of God today. His blood be on us and our children. I'm telling you, that's what you're screaming out. His blood be on us and our children. His blood, oh, it's no big deal. It's, that's, let me tell you the reason. Let me tell you the reason. The 85%, a study was done in the Southern Baptist movement, that 85% said, why wasn't it done in the independent movement, what we are? Because they can't get long enough to have a study. I'm just being honest with you. It drives me crazy about the independent. They're too jealous of each other. But in the Southern Baptist Convention, there was a study done not long ago, and 85% of the young people in the Southern Baptist movement at 18 years old never returned back to the house of God. Let me tell you the reason why. Because mom and daddy never made it a priority to go to the house of God. It was just something they'd done if they had time. And the whole time they're screaming out, His blood be on us and our children. You'll meet that crowd that was there with Pilate that day. Let me show you somebody else you're going to meet. Matthew 26. Matthew chapter number 26. Look in verse number 48. This is Judas. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. I'll tell you somebody else you're going to meet when you get to hell. You're going to meet Judas Iscariot. The man that kissed the very door to heaven and still died and went to hell. Still died and went to hell. You're going to meet him. Maybe he cries out something like this. I have betrayed innocent blood. I have betrayed innocent blood. Could you imagine walking hand in hand with Jesus? Watching Him perform the miracles that He did. Coming to Him while He's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane to His sweat become as great drops of blood. And kissing the bloody face of Christ. And dying and going to hell. Ain't no doubt in my mind He's in hell today. He's probably screaming out. I've betrayed innocent blood. Go with me, Acts 26. Acts 26. Let's look at another one. Acts 26. I'm watching the time. This is dealing with Paul. Paul is now witness to Agrippa. He's tried to get him to be saved. He's given him the gospel. Verse number 28. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost, Acts 26, 28, Thou persuadest me to be a Christian. 
almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. C.H. Spurgeon said this in the book 2001 Quotes from C.H. Spurgeon. There are untold millions in hell today who were once almost saved but are eternally damned. How true is that? How many people, Brother Robert, I wonder, has sat on these pews, clenched the back of a pew under Holy Ghost conviction and almost... God saved. But now they're gone. My mind goes back. I, I would never call no names because this individual is still alive. But my mind goes back. They began coming to church. They began coming every once in a while on Sunday morning. Then they got where well, they coming faithful on Sunday morning. They coming on Sunday night. Got where well, they even coming some on Wednesday night. And I began preaching. When I would get on heaven and I'd get on hell or I'd get on salvation, I'd watch his tears would swell up in their face. And I'd watch them as they would grip, literally grip the pew in front of them. Literally grip it. And would look at me while I talked to them, Miss Rhonda. And I'd say, why don't you come get saved? And they'd shake her head and put their head back down. Today they're completely out of church. They ain't going to church nowhere. By their testimony and by what they reacted to me by in the privacy of an altar call. But Jeff, if they was to die today, they'll scream out in hell, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Almost thou persuadest me to... Another individual comes to my mind. They came and they came and they came and they came and I preached and I preached and I preached and I preached. And every time I'd get on salvation or I'd get on hell, Brother Andy, I'd say, God, just, I mean, ring their bell. God lets the preacher see some things. God, ring their bell, Brother Josh. They'd stand and hold the... I, I can see them stand. I can see both of them standing in their places right now. They'd stand and hold that pew. And this individual never would look up at me but would have their eyes open. And there's been times I'd say, why don't you come get saved? And you could see them real nonchalantly. As they'd shake their head a little bit. You know what they're doing? They're having a conversation with the Holy Ghost. And God was drawing. And they're saying no. If they die and go to hell, you're going to hear them screaming out in hell. Almost. 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 Thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Now, I'm going to tell you something about the fire. The fire will either change you as a person or it will change your position. And let me tell you the reason a lot of people won't come to Amazing Grace and set faithful on the church pew to Amazing Grace because the fire of the Holy Ghost is at Amazing Grace. And it runs up and down the pews and it puts them under conviction and they leave. You say, well, preacher, that should bother, don't bother me one bit. bothers me that they leave. But it does not bother me that the Holy Ghost of God walks up and down the pews and convicts the sinners. Amen. They're screaming out in hell. Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Almost His blood be on me and my children. I've betrayed innocent blood. Am I my brother's keeper? 
I should listen to my husband. I should listen to my wife. I should listen to the preacher. Some individuals you're going to meet when you go to hell. Come start playing softly. I tell you today, hell's a real place. Last night I got done studying and I closed my tablet and I closed my computer and I closed my Bible. There's numerous people that you're going to meet. I mean, we could, we could go on and on throughout the Word of God. People that's died and went to hell. We could take a trip to Luke and see the rich man in hell today. We could see Jezebel. We could go on and on. And I closed my, my Bible, Brother Jonathan. I just sat back in my recliner a minute and was thinking about everything that I'd studied. And one more individual made a trip to hell that came to my mind. Go with me to Revelations. I want to show you something. But he's one more individual. He's not there now. He's the only one that's ever passed through hell. Did you hear what I said? Pass through hell. Everybody else goes to hell for eternity. But there is one that made a trip through hell. He said in verse number 18, this is Christ, by the way, or is otherwise known as Jesus. Verse number 18 of Revelation chapter 1. I am He. Hallelujah. That liveth and was dead. Time out. Hallelujah. Time out. That's what separates us from every other religion in this world today. Because our Savior was dead. Past tense. But is now alive. That ought to do something for you. He said, I am He that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. (laughs) Could you imagine old John on the Isle of Patmos as he's writing right there? Can you just imagine the Holy Spirit... I'm sorry, but I'm I'm just going to go here, okay? I ain't run no rabbits all morning, but we're fixing to. He's sitting on the Isle of Patmos. You that knows your Bible, you're with me right there. Bass, he's writing. Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth. Woo! And was dead. Hallelujah. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And the Holy Ghost said, Amen. He's inspired by the Holy Spirit when he wrote that. And let me tell you what I believe. You can believe it however you want to. Let me tell you what I believe as the Holy Ghost was saying that and God was giving it to the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost said, Amen. I'm always alive forevermore. Look what he says. And have the keys of what? Hell and of death. 
He's not in hell anymore. But He did make a journey in that three days through hell. Through hell. And defeated the devil and all his angels. And took his keys away from it. Oh yeah. And then ascended back into the heavens. So why did he go back? Uh, why did he go back into the heavens? I'll say it real quick. When Mary first saw him, he said, "You can't touch me." But after the next time he saw, he tells Thomas, "Thrust your hand into my side." You may tell you the reason he ascended back to the heavens. I believe he done it from the time Mary seen him until the time that Thomas saw him, because he put the blood on the mercy seat. He had appeared before the Father. Yeah. Hallelujah. Bless preaching ground right here. He had appeared before the Father. And the Father said, well done. Hallelujah right there. And you know what? Today you can hear Jesus scream out that has made a path through hell. You don't have to go. You don't have to go. You don't have to go. I've already went. I took the keys to death, hell, and the grave. You don't have to go. Amen. You don't have to scream out today, almost thou persuadest me. You don't have to scream out today, His blood be on us and our children. You don't have to hear the agonies and the screams of hell today. Am I my brother's keeper? You don't have to hear the screams of hell. I, there's a whole generation screaming this. I wish I'd have listened to the preacher. I wish I'd have listened to the preacher. Jesus made a trip through hell. So you don't have to go to hell. Hey, hey, hey. So you don't have to go to hell. He cries out today for whosoever. I like that. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. A journey through hell this morning. Father, as we stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed and no one's looking around. God, you know the need of this service.